So if I have a goal of, hey, I want to squat 500 pounds for 10 and I get nine, yeah, that side of me is going to come out like rage. Like, what the f***? And I'm going to put it all on myself. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 120. Of course, Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally, myself, Big Ron Parlow. And today we have a guest, Mr. Chris Fine, is in the house on It's Just Bodybuilding. I got to remind uh, everyone to like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. bell. You bet. You bet. So, um, yeah, welcome to the show, man. You know, Dusty, uh, we were talking about the the NPC Nationals on the show, and and, um, Dusty was saying who impressed him. And uh, he made Scott pull your photo up. And uh, so that's how you kind of came up on the show. and, And we're happy to have you here, my friend. Shit, man, I'm happy to be here, bro. I appreciate the opportunity. We, you know, we had to have you uh, on because you, you fit the, the mold of, of, uh, of it seems to be our guests in general. Like I told Ron and Scott uh, to take a peek at some of your videos and stuff. Um, and I can always tell in the industry, one thing I love is when you, when you find someone, you, you look at who follows them and who comments. Um, you know, so uh, yeah. like our, our friend Gina Davis actually shared one of his posts before, and you know what she thinks about uh, training and how dark it should be. So, yeah, um, no, I, 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 I had one question I wanted to ask him right off the bat. It was, what is the best hamstring movement, and why is it six plate stiff leg deadlifts? <laughs> hey, I don't know because I don't have any fucking hamstrings to show for it. So. <laughs> Hey, it no, looks man, good I, for the gram. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. I saw yeah. I saw Dusty do it, so I said I got to give it a shot. Right, 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 right. It's uh, it's good for I don't know what's it good for, Dusty. The gram. You're kind of a you're kind of a, <laughs> for the gram. There we go. What else there is go. there in this world? No, but it's uh, I mean, truthfully, I do like that those kind of things. It, it does not shock me <clears throat> watching the video and then seeing the muscle. You know, I mean, we talked about that a million times. It's you can always tell how someone trains when you see them on stage. You know, even if they're, you know, there's just a density to muscle that I don't care what your genetics are. You don't have that crazy, dense granite look without the training, you know, and that appears to be uh, your style from jump. How long have you been actually competing in bodybuilding? So I did my first show when I was, I just turned 18. So 12 years, man, I've been competing. Man, I didn't even, and, and why is it, I mean, I'm dead serious. What's happened over the last couple of years that kind of puts you on the map? Because I don't really follow a ton of people, um, like actually see them and comment and stuff. And I don't even know how you came up that I found you, but uh, obviously you, you started grabbing people's attention somewhere. Did you? Instagram a bigger has show a stiff leg deadlift filter now, and it, it has a bot, <laughs> and it picks up on other people doing crazy heavy Deadlift we found another dumbass yeah. just like you, Dusty. Here he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, <man>. Suggested follows. <laughs> Transparent, transparently, my physique just wasn't shit up until a couple of years ago, to be honest. You know, I would love the bodybuilding and I, I pursued it, but I just didn't. My body wasn't responding to it just a couple of years ago. But I think that has a lot to do with finding a fucking gym where you can actually train like that. 
you know mm-hmm. i know like a couple of years ago the big thing was the new 24-hour fitnesses and we're not going to mention names like jim jim's act in by their name but it's hard to find a gym unless you own one or you know a couple of buddies that own one where you can actually train that way in my opinion mm-hmm. and and what uh how did you get that did you did you buy a gym did you find a gym what'd you do yeah, man. So, like, after after college and I internship with Dave Palumbo, we talked a little bit. Um, I moved back to my hometown and opened up a gym because I said, man, if I really want to pursue bodybuilding, which ever since I got into it, my dream has just been to try to be a pro. I mean, I know it's not as pre- prestigious now as back when you guys went pro, but it's just been a goal of mine to reach that of like, hey, man, I can actually be a professional at something that I've given all my energy to. And it's like I said, it's just been a goal to me. So I said, I got to come back and I opened my own gym in my hometown. And that and the rest is history, to be honest. And that's where I really felt like I started making the progress in my physique. Well, amazing tell, what you can do when you hand pick your equipment, right? Yeah. So what yeah. did you have in that gym and, and, uh, and how did you outfit it to work for you and for uh, the public? All right, so a little bit about the, the backstory, man. So when I, I was in New York interning with Dave, um, when that came to an end, when my parents were like, all right, now you're on your own, you got paid for all your own shit, I actually was going to get and listen to the military. And when I took my ASVAB, I said, man, I want to go in as an officer because I graduated from college with exercise science from Appalachian State. I said, I want to go into an officer. I don't want to be at the, the bottom of the barrel. And the guy, the recruiter, man, he told me, he just looked at me straight in my face. He's like, yeah, you're not going to pass the test to be an officer, so you need to you need to do this route. And I was kind of, you know, I was kind of like, this motherfucker, man. Like, I want to prove you wrong. But then at the same time, I was like, why do I want to even go into something if you're already fucking doubting me? Huh. So, and if anybody knows me personally, I have nothing but respect for our troops, man. I think that they, they deserve way more than what they get right now. But then my mother, she was like, you know, before you start – you know, going and working in another gym because I worked in the gym for two years after college. She was like, why don't you just fucking come down and open up a gym? And I was like, man, this is the first time that she actually pushed me to do that. My dad, it kind of took my dad a little bit of time to get on board. So I moved back from New York to my hometown and I knew like they didn't have the gyms like we just talked about. So I had to do it myself. But yeah, so I took all of my money, man, my savings. My dad made us uh, invest in stocks, me and my brother, when we were younger. I mean, my dad's an intelligent guy, and I I just cashed out, man. So I cashed out everything. I said I'm gonna I'm gonna put my life savings in this. If it doesn't work, I'll go to the service, and then I can afford bodybuilding. So like, my whole life was just I want to be able to afford to pursue this lifestyle. I don't care about the flat screen TVs and the cars. I literally just want to have enough money to eat my food and train when I want to train. Like that was the goal of mine at 15 years old. Was how cool would it be? to go into the gym at 9, 30, 10 o'clock while everybody else goes to work and I can work out. I said, that's mm-hmm. a dream job, man. So literally, I said, the only way I can do this is if I handpick all my equipment. For one, that's what I wanted. I wanted to have everything in my own gym where I could pursue this. So we traveled all over the, the Southeast, man. I'm talking Atlanta, Tennessee, Virginia, all over North Carolina. I would just look shit up on Craigslist and it's like, oh, this gym's going out of, out of business and I'll shoot the guy. Let me get this piece. Nice. And then it was, or it was on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, this this leg press, and I'm like, man, I gotta get a Nebula leg press. So I went and bought that. So everything in that gym, man, was handpicked for what I wanted, and the and we got it, man. And like I said, oh, if I have a gym, I want 200 pound dumbbells. 
my hometown, man, you're you're gonna have a gym that has 100 pound dumbbells, 85 pound dumbbells. So mm-hmm. literally, I said, look, I'm gonna have. I don't care what it costs, man. I want everything equipped in my gym. So literally, I had like 200 bucks left in the business account, and I was like, man, if people don't come, I guess we're fucked. You know, I guess it's back to the <laughs> back to the drawing board. <laughs> and man, and God will it, man. So we had that gym, and then about three years into the gym. All those, all those places, three gyms opened up in my hometown, all of them 24-hour fitness. And all your friends that, you know, you build you build that friendship with your, your clientele. They come in there on a, on a business aspect. And they all tell me, oh, man, it's nothing personal, but I want to go work out before before work. Or, man, it's something personal. I want to go work out after work. And I said, that's cool. I said, but one thing that I promised myself was I don't give a fuck what I got to do. If I got to get a second job, a third job, have somebody run the gym while I'm making money, I want to close those gym doors on my own terms, man. So the smartest thing for me was was when I when COVID hit, they were going to make us shut down the gyms anyway. So I, I don't know if I should say this, but I don't really care. But I went to my accountant and I said, I have to keep training. So I don't know. I know a lot of guys are similar. We train because we love training and the stage is a byproduct. And for me, man, my personal life was kind of just fucked up the whole time I owned that gym. And the one thing that stayed consistent was training. So I went to my accountant and said, look, I got to figure out a way to keep this gym. And he goes, well, let's be honest. You're barely scraping by at being a public gym. So if I were you, I would shut it down and run it as a nonprofit. He's like, that way you don't have to deal with the public. And he's like, all you got to do is basically pay the overhead. If you want insurance on your equipment and he's like, pay your, pay your overhead, your insurance and your light bill. So Mm -hmm. to me, that sounded shit right then and there, man, I'm going to save money and I could probably make just as much and not have to deal with the public. I'm in. So I talked to a group of my friends and I was like, look, the only way we're going to be able to keep this gym through COVID because there's, there's just no way I could afford it by myself mm-hmm. was, uh, was just, was to spit the rent. And so all of them were like, hell yeah, I'm in. I don't want to train anywhere else. There's not another gym like this within miles of our hometown. So I'm in. So we shut it down to the public, man, and we just been training there ever since, uh, and made it private. Everybody had a key; they could come and go as they wanted to, and it was, it was the best time of my fucking life for training, man. You walk in the door, you lock the door behind, you lock the door behind you, and like if you watch any of my videos, man, we fucking turn the music up as loud as we can, and just that's just the atmosphere that I love to train in, man. So, how many guys were pitching in? Like, what was the size of this group? We had like eight, eight guys, man. And then one of my friends was like, man, fuck it, bro. You should start making some money. Like if people want to come in here and you trust them, bring them in. So at a, at one point we had like, shit, like 14, 15 people. But literally that was just enough to pay the rent and the overhead. And that's how we made it happen. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> the gym, so the gym you- was only probably like probably like six six thousand square foot but like i said man i wanted everything like when i trained in new york i was training at bevs and they had that's the first time i've ever been in a gym with a legit leg room so i said man when i open a gym up i want a leg room and then i know how i know how we like to deadlift and like like to squat so i said like, we need our own room where we can like walk into that fucking room and you just feel that energy so we had two squat racks in a uh in this little shit it was probably like 600 square foot man or 800 square foot and it was it was known as that like the the room in our gym where you just go to fucking war with yourself, man. If you had a bad day at work, you had a relationship breakup, you could literally walk in this little fucking room and just throw weights, like literally throw weights up against the wall if you wanted to. 
Right. That, that, I mean, literally, that's that. Like, my boy, I trained with my friend Ed, man, and he's the only person that would train with me consistently because when I go to the gym, man, it's I want to get better. So I don't really – I don't have feelings when I go into the gym. So if I have a goal of, hey, I want to squat 500 pounds for 10 and I get nine, yeah, that side of me is going to come out like rage, like what the fuck, and I'm going to put it all on myself. Or if Ed would come in there – and, you know, he's tired from work. He, he works a regular job. And he's like, man, he'd show up. And I'd just be like, come on, you motherfucker. Oh, you fucking pussy. Like, why'd you even show up if you're not going to train? And he would he would get all spectrums of Chris in the gym, man. But he didn't care. He was just like, I just want to be here and train with you, man. And, that, and the rest is history. Can you, like, you know, I've, I've heard another interview with you. So I've heard a little bit of your, a uh, little bit of your past. But I wanted to kind of give you the space to tell us some of these stories. I want to start like, you know, with the, the sort of go to war with yourself thing and where you think that comes from and, you know, relating to when you started training to now. All right. So that's going to get a little, I'm just going to keep it honest, man. So there's two instances in my life where I feel like I, I'm able to call on that. You know, I don't think, I think a lot of people misunderstand me where they see my Instagram with training and then when they meet me in a person, they're like, oh, you just just a normal guy. So I feel, and a lot of people message me and say, man, how do, how do I get that intense? How, how do I get that intense during my set? I'm like, that's some shit that you just got to find within you. But there's two incidents, man, that like one that got me into body, like one that was like, okay, I need to stop with the bullshit outside the gym. And that was when I was 16 years old, man, four of my friends, man, we was in a car and we got busted by the cops. So we was about to roll up a joint and I knew one of my friends was into pills, man, and I never got into that. But at, at that age, I was like, fuck, like, we're about to get locked up. And if, and I told him, so, like, the cop come up. He was like, put your fucking hands up, man. Put your fucking hands up. And I had this drink in my hand, and I was like, hold up. And he had a taser out. He's like, put your motherfucking hands up now. So I just dropped that shit, man. Shit went out of my thing. And they was like, all right, so we got to get statements for all four of you guys. So they called one of us one of us out the car, and they just left this kind of. And I told my friend, I was like, look, man, do you have any pills in the car? Because if you do, we're fucked. We're going like we're gonna get locked up. No, nah, man, I don't. But at the time I didn't trust him. I was like, bro, if you have pills in the car, I'm I'll kill you, bro. Cause like that's this is our future. Luckily he didn't, man. So at the cops, we was all like 16, 17, and we played baseball for the high school. And he was and the cop was like, Look, we're gonna call your parents. You're lucky that we like we know that you guys are good kids. He was like, but if this shit happens again, like, you're not going to be so lucky. So my parents are very, very fair with how they raised us. And they was like, and I said, look, man, the one thing I want to do, I know I'm grounded, but I want to go to the gym. So they was like, you can go to school at a gym and that's it. You got to come home. So right then and there, I knew I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't want to risk losing my gym time or whatnot. Like, that's the only thing that keeps me sane. So I think. That triggered me to be like, okay, now you just need to dive into bodybuilding because that's your safe place, you know? Like, I remember being in college, and I was taking this calculus test, and anybody can blame fucking anxiety or whatnot why they didn't pass the test, but I called my mom up. I was like, damn, like, I think I just failed that test. She's like, go to the gym. Go to the gym. Like, that's where you need to be at. So that was one. And then two, in 2018, when I hit rock bottom depression, and it was over a relationship, which... Man, if anybody's listening to this, it's 
it's not the end all be all, man. So like you got to just move forward and take it as a learning experience if it doesn't work. But like I hit rock bottom and this is the kitchen table that I talked about whenever I was uh, in that podcast with Clinton with behind the muscle. And so I never, I never got this dark, man. And I hope nobody ever does, but I was sitting at this table by myself and it was the first time that I just was like, I'd rather not be here. You know, I'd rather probably just off myself. So I was sitting here and I got, I was like, man, I can't, I literally am numb to everybody's word. Like everybody that would tell me like, Hey man, you just got to get back in the gym and focus. Like I just didn't give a fuck. I didn't want to hear what they had to say. So everything was gray. I had no emotion. I wasn't happy. I wasn't sad. At that point, I just was like, I just don't care. And I felt like I was alone because I saw, because as a gym man, as a gym owner, everybody comes to you with their bullshit. And then at that point, I just didn't want to hear anymore. So I cut that off and I was coming back to this house. Like I just got out of a relationship and I'll sit at this kitchen table, man, by myself. And my ex used to live here and I'm, I mean, I'm working out with my fiance now, but like back to the story, I used to sit here, man, and all those triggers would come up, and I was like, at this point, I just don't want to be here. So I started cutting myself, man. And uh, my mom, man, so I called her one one evening, and I said, look, if you don't come over here, I'm probably not going to make it. And she goes, man, the last thing I want to do is, you know, come over to your house, bring you some groceries or whatnot, and you laying on the fucking floor. And uh, But at that point, like at that moment, I couldn't feel anything. So I was like, man, I'm numb to words. Everything's gray. Like, I, I literally can't feel touch. So I, the only thing in my head was like, can you feel pain? You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody in their right mind is going to cut themselves because one, it fucking hurts, you know? But whenever I put that knife in, I couldn't feel that. So that's what I told her. I was like, I, I need some help, man. So then I started seeing a therapist. I got on the medication and I went down that road. But uh, I promise to myself now, man, I'll never go. I'll never go back to that. But back to your question of like, where does that spark? I think uh, whenever you experience that, man, you can call on it. You know, you can call on it and get really, really, really deep within your your workout and intensity level. Yeah. Do you find something like that? You know, being at rock bottom. What do you think the exact? motivation like when you say you call on it do you mean you just remind yourself of how lucky you are to be in the gym remind yourself of the opportunity to do the set you're about to do is it that type of thing like like see man it's it's weird because i want to be the best i can be now so like the the what i let's see how do i word this man um Back in 2018, 2019, it was like, I don't ever want to go that, but you, you're still bad on them. Like, it's, it's like anything. If you're a recovering addict, it's not going to happen overnight, right? So just because, oh, I don't put a knife to my wrist, I still battle with anxiety. I still battle with depression. And those feelings come and go. But I would call on that of, like, I guess you're battling that voice of, like, you're never going to make it. You're never going to be shit. Like, where you, where you was... Well, you was at rock bottom, man. Only a few people were there. Everybody else still lived their life. So it was a battle within. But I, I can honestly say I don't call on that anymore, you know, and I don't want to call on that because honestly, when I was training like that, it, it, it was dark, man. You know, it was it was it was a very dark time of my life. It wasn't fun to go to the gym. It was all right. Let's go fucking kill yourself in the gym so you don't kill yourself outside the gym. So I just want to physically physical and mental exhaustion when I left the gym. So I was so tired that I wouldn't really even think about doing any harm. But now I don't. 
I don't train like that anymore. I just train because, like, oh, now you're telling me after all the fucked up shit you've been through, man, that you could actually see yourself becoming a pro, and that was a lifetime goal through all the bullshit in life. It, the, the whole goal over the past 15 years was I want to be a professional bodybuilder. But I guess I just wasn't mature enough to, 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 to like, ignore that type of the personal stuff and really focus on this goal. So in the past three years, I promised myself, I'm like, you have to just focus on this goal. And if anything comes up and tries to trigger you or get you to go back, you have to decide that you don't want to go that, that pathway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's it's a smart move. And I mean, <clears throat> kind of a, a segue for you and for everyone else. But um, when you when you're building and this is a conversation I actually had just yesterday with someone. When you're building a brand, you think about what you associate with. Like when you look at companies like Mutant, for example, when we had a ton of people, everyone made sense that was within the brand. If someone came in and someone said, oh, we have this great uh, bikini competitor. Um, she does kickbacks with five pound dumbbells. She's got 200,000 followers. We'd say, yeah, she's great, but she doesn't fit our brand. So it was easy to say no. Um, I think people don't do that enough in their personal life. You, you got to sit down and just look at yourself and say, what energy do you allow in your life? Because kind of like you were saying, your personal bullshit was getting in the way of your goals. So you have things that don't fit your goal getting in the way of them. If you remove them, it gets easy because it doesn't shock me now after hearing that, that I saw you in the last year. And, you know, the reason I asked, you know, to bring you on the show is because I, I would, like I told you today, I would bet that next year you will turn pro, but it's not, it's not personal. I've never spoken to you before this. It's purely just, you can see someone who's driven and is in an old school place uh, as far as what drives you, but also, you got a one track mind now. Um, and I think that that's a beautiful thing when you can, you know, and you surround yourself with people like that, that see it and support it versus are getting in your way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that, that was the biggest thing, man. Like with this prep, you know, I think in bodybuilding, man, especially like when, de- when preps get deeper, you think you're alone. You think like, cause we, we create this daily life of like discuss like living like a monk like you want to wake up you want to do your cardio you want to eat you want to train and you don't want to be fucked with at all and i and i think that's like the first time in my life i've had friends that loved me from a distance but really supported me and i never allowed them in to care so like what drove me into that dark place was man these people don't give a fuck about your bodybuilding these people don't even care about you as a person. Like, and I see like my best friends, like, oh, he's married with kids. And my parents would always be like, man, reach out to him. He cares about you, man. He doesn't care about me. Like he's my friend, but he got his own shit to deal with. So then you create this shit in your head over where you're so lonely in bodybuilding. But I think like this prep really allowed me of like, nah, man, these, these guys will ride with you. They care about you. And that support, man, when you get deep into a prep, it's priceless to have that kind of support team on, on your side. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, we always say, you know, bodybuilding is not an individual endeavor because, you know, it requires a team or a support network of some kind, whether it be even just one person who, you know, has your back a hundred percent. What would you say you had, like, like who would you say would your immediate network of support this round? 
So first and foremost, my, my parents, man, like back in back when I first started, what what parent wants to see their 165 pound kids say, I want to be a bodybuilder. So my dad, he didn't, he didn't really understand it. He was like, nah. And I was so immature, like we would fight. But now I can see why he pushed me to like get education and like, hey, you need to make money so you can do this hobby. There's no way. And like, remember back then, man, there's no Instagram. You don't make money online coaching or personal training. You get up and you go get a, a state job or you get a professional career, like a lawyer, a doctor, and you support your family and then you do your hobbies. So we clashed heads all growing up. But now, man, after seeing like, shit, Chris, he's structured his whole life. And I, I can honestly probably say he's probably, I don't know how the fuck he makes money because he doesn't really understand like the coaching business and stuff like that. So that's how I make my money. He, he and, just uh, thinks you sit home all day. <laughs> he's like, man, you got to go get a fucking job, man. You, you, know, <laughs> you know? But, uh, and then my mom, she's just like, I, like she sees how passionate I am, man. And that's a, that's a fault of its own, like in relationships and my job and bodybuilding. I'm not a type of guy that can just half-ass shit. Like if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. But if I want to do it, I'm still chasing bodybuilding after 15 years of seeing a magazine wanting to do it. And I'm still not a pro, but I'm going to be a pro, you know? And uh, so then first and foremost, my parents and then just my friends, but I've got like four best friends that just, they've never been jealous or envious. They've just, Chris, you've got the mindset, man. And they, they all know my personal bullshit of why I've been distracted on this journey. And they're like, dude, you just need to focus on a bodybuilder, man. You could do it if you really want to do it. And seeing them support me, it's the first time in my life, man, that I've actually believed in myself now to this day that I'm like, you know what? If I, if I eliminate all distractions, I know I can do it. But a funny story, man, like my fiance, we decided that we was going to take a break like six weeks out, five weeks out before the Nationals. And that fucking destroyed me. Right now, we, we're talking, man, and that's my best friend, my life partner. But she, we, I would have left too, man. I was neurotic. You know, I'm like fucking very push, push her in a way and stuff. Like, don't fuck with me. I got to focus on his body bone prep. And I think that's why I placed fourth at the show. But uh, at that point when she left, man, or like we decided that we was going to split ways, it really fucked with me, man. And I was like, man, I don't want to do the show anymore. And I kind of went into this uh, on the other pot or the other interview. And uh, before then, man, like up until that qualifier where I was 260 on stage and I told you that I wasn't I was not in shape from the rear. So I, I rightfully so need to be a little bit lighter. I was a fucking robot. And I promised to myself, I was like, I'm not going to be distracted. I would listen to the same David Goggins video every single morning on cardio. I'd come home. I eat my meals at the same time as any top little bodybuilder I think does. I sit here at this table. I'm listening to Mike Tyson interview every single morning because I would train in the morning at like 8.30. So I just, when I woke up, I wanted to just be so mentally prepared and zoned in that like I want to win the day. I guess I think somebody else said that. That's their motto. But when she, when we broke up, man, that, that drive and that focus, it just completely shut off because I was like, fuck. She means more to me than bodybuilding, and that's that's just the that's just the fucking truth. I'm just gonna be honest. And I was like, man, without her here, because she was the one who said you need to do the nationals. She was the one who said take money out of your savings account and get a massage therapist. She was the one who said because I was gonna do my own prep, and she goes, no, you need to hire a coach. So this whole prep was sparked by her. And then like thinking of okay, she's in her nursing school. I'm I'm focused on his bodybuilding. 
I always have her in the next room over, but I focus on me. When we decided to split, man, it, it killed me. So every single day from that point, I was like, man, I don't even want to do this shit. I'm probably just going to go on, on Instagram and, and say I got to battle this mental health and my mental health is more important than this show. Hmm. And so I, I know Dusty Train would turn the riddle, and I, I would give him a shout-out, man, because the whole, he told me, he's like, look, he said, Chris, you have a lot of potential, man. He's like, but I'm going to keep it honest with you. He's like, if you keep saying that you're going to compete and then you fucking stop and then you're going to say you're going to compete and you stop, he's like, you want to make a career in bodybuilding, whether that's as a pro or a coach or whatever. He's like, you might as well kiss that shit goodbye. And I said, nah, man, like, I'm going to I'm gonna do the show. But, man, it's fucking hard. He was like, yeah, so what? He's like, commit to the show. Or you if you quit this time, you might as well just be done, man, because everybody just sees that you was going to do the USA's and I tore my labrum, and I stopped. Then I was going to do a show, and then COVID fucking uh, we had yeah, travel restrictions. I couldn't do that show. So all they – but see, people don't care about that, man. And, and honestly, I don't give a fuck about that either. They see what you bring to the stage. If you're going to be an active athlete, that's what they want to see. They don't care about the backstory. And I know probably 90% of the other guys have their own story that they had a battle get on that stage. But, man, at two weeks out, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this shit anymore, man. Like when – when other shit got ramped up and the food got pushed low, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this shit, man. And my mom was like, nah, you're, you're doing the show. Like, I'm coming to North Carolina today, and, like, we're going to leave in three days, and I've already booked a hotel in Orlando. Like, you're doing the show. Because she knew if I stopped, it would, it would just eat at me even more. She knew that. And at the, at the time, in the moment, my mind's not thinking straight. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, man. I just want to stop. And you know how at that point you're going to make your own decision anyway. So my mom literally came up to North Carolina the next day and she was like, no way you're doing the show. So my mom did cardio with me every single morning at three 30 in the morning, every day up to the show, man. And that's like somebody looking in might be like, like I said on the other podcast, you, you man, you're a fucking pussy. You need your mom to come do cardio with you. Like you obviously don't want it that bad, but man, like when you get, when you get left with somebody that you think you're going to be with the rest of your life, it's a tough, it's a tough pill to swallow. But then it's like you just gotta finish the business of bodybuilding, man. And she pushed me. So to answer your question, not going on a tangent, the biggest support in this one, man, was my 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 fiance that made me do the show initially. But then my mom wrote wrote out with me, man. And then I gotta put in my training partners as well. Like Ed, he trained with me every single day. Like I told, I think I told you off the air, man. We would be fucking. He saw he's seen every spectrum of Chris: happy Chris, depressed Chris rage and ready to fucking kill people chris so like and man big shout out to him for like just showing up every single day like no matter what i said to him or if i cussed him out during a session or called it see like when i train a lot of people misinterpret that like they're like man i don't like when he calls me a pussy or like man he's being a bitch i'm basically talking to my training partner as a mirror image to like feed off of myself so if i see ed sitting on the bench I'm like, yo, get the fuck up, man. If you want to sit down, you shouldn't even came here today. And, he, he, and, and, and Ed, he'll just, he's real laid back, man. So he'll just get up and he's, man, he's like, I don't take shit that you say in the gym personal. Other people, man, fuck you, man, I'm leaving. And then, I, and then that, would, that would rank me up even more because you're in that zone. And I'm like, all right, if you want to leave, get the fuck out of here anyway, bro. You know what I'm saying? But that, I love it. <laughs> But that's Chris in the gym wanting to be a fucking bodybuilder, man, you know? And then outside the gym, it's just 
okay, eat my food and chill with my dog, man. That's about it. That's everyone hilarious. comes home to their dog. <laughs> yeah. Truth, yeah, everyone truth. comes home to their dog. That's funny, man. Yeah. You sound like the Chuck the Chuck Vogel of your gym. You know, you hear those those, those old powerlifting stories of, of him, you know, telling yeah, people I, off it. And it, that's, and it's, that's it's, funny. It's nothing personal, man. It's like cuz cuz he's probably sitting on the bench because I came in with a lazy attitude. You know what I'm saying? Cuz those guys would feed off me because I would call in the workout. This is what we're doing today. And, like, it's just natural that my energy would – we've been training together for four years, man. So if I'm tired and I come in there, he's like, oh, I'm going to sit down a little bit. And then I have to know, like, you don't have time to be tired. If you really want to see this dream, you can't waste a day. So then I would start feeding off of him and, and saying shit to him. But as a reflection of, like, Chris, you need to get your ass in gear, man, because somebody else is out there. You know, like Dorian used to say – I'm going to make these fucking people pay in California, like getting up, riding their fucking cars to the gym. And I like that mentality of like, I want to beat them, bro. Cause like we're all competitive, and, but, it, but then it narrows down of like, you got to beat yourself before you can beat them. Like if you're not progressing within yourself, you, it doesn't matter what the next man is doing. You know, you're going to, you're going to make me all self-conscious of every time I sit on a bench between a set now. Yeah. <laughs> and I have like, I'm going to have like a, like a, like a complex about it. I'll sit down on a bench and then I'll, I'll like a half a second later, I'll stand up like, Ooh, geez. <laughs> nah, man, I'll it's sit not like down that. for a second. <laughs> you're not allowed to, you know? even if you're retired, you're never allowed. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I, I thought I was old enough where I could just sit on the hammer <laughs> machine between sets and not even get up. Just do another nah, bring your newspaper. there. It got to the, I mean, it's just like prep, though. It gets to the point where you're just sitting on the bench and you just got to remind yourself, like, get up, man. Get up. Like, keep going. Because I know Dusty said this before way back. He was like, man, I don't know what 60% is. Like, what, what is going into the gym and, you know, just get a pump or, or 60% this or RPE of this. To me, I'm like, if I'm, I'm not even going to go to the gym if I'm not going to train and have fun of, like, pushing myself. Like, I just think that's a waste of time. But as I get older, I'm like, all right, there's some days where you need to, to, to calm it down and just get a pump. And then when your, your body's ready to go, go back to that mindset of, like, the progressive overload and pushing your body. Yeah, it's definitely Probably a difficult – it's, it's a difficult balance, though. I feel you on that because that's – I used to – the cruise periods, I used to wouldn't train um, because yeah. I <clears> – <throat> you know how it works. You go in when you're beat up at first. You're, you're paying attention – then you walk in one day and you feel good and you're kind of like, well, I don't want to waste the way I feel here. I should probably get after it a little bit. And next thing you know, you're, you know, you're, you're setting, uh, you know, records and you're like, ah, shit, I wasn't supposed to do that today. Yeah. It's it, not, it's it not always, good. I mean, it always, it always happens, man. Like, oh, I'm just going to do four. I'll do more volume. I'll just do more sets of four or five on the deadlifts. And, and then you do four or five and you're like, Okay, that was an easy six or eight. <laughs> Throw another plate on there. Like, fuck it. If it was that easy, what is four sets of eight going to do? I'd rather just get one big set in. You know, it's hard. So what's it's your hard to find uh, that balance, man? What What's your plan now between as far as with your physique? Before we let you go on, uh, what you need to do to to beat the version you brought this time, and then of course, you know, to be good enough that you think you can shut the door on anyone else. What do you got to do in the next year? I gotta, I gotta bring my hamstrings up. That's always, that's always been a hard, a stubborn body part for me. I would like to have more sweep on the quads, and it's just my philosophy, man. Like, 
I don't think you could target specific sweep. I think just overall more muscle on my quads will make them mm -hmm. pop even more. And then I would like to see um, from the rear more lat width and then more back thickness. So I basically bring up the rear and then a little bit more quads. I think everybody at that right. level is going to have decent arms and decent chests. I don't think that's going to win the show, you know? Right. No, I agree. But I think you've got a an awesome blend of of freak size, but also shape. I mean, it it flows really well on stage, you know? Yeah, and your condition uh, uh, was good, man. Like, your glutes were tight, man. Yeah, but, I, I mean, honestly, being, like, being, like, because I know a lot of people wanted to see me and Nate stand next to each other. And, like, being there in person, it's, and, like, I'm a very, I'm not delusional, man. Like, I'll give credit where credit's due. Like, those guys that beat me were just sharper. So, like, mm -hmm. But then I know what I did to try to bring it in even sharper. So I'm like, I got to find that, that balance of like, okay, I got to hold the size, but I do need to be a little bit tighter to, hmm. to push ahead of those guys, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, I know I'll, in the top five, to be quite honest, man, I was probably softer than – I was probably the softest in that top five, to be honest. It's just I think the thickness of my muscle carried me to, like to a fourth place. Right, well, right, that was right. a that was a hell of an opening uh, debut. Um, I mean, typically, and you know, we don't really sugarcoat. For the last couple of years, to be in the top five in a super heavyweight class to me wasn't a big deal. One and two, or typically just one, stood out so far ahead of everyone else. Whereas, to be honest with you, I mean, this was a this was a show where it was exciting to watch amateur bodybuilding, and it's been a minute. I mean, I actually watched it live from home because I wanted to see there were so many good guys. So, you know, I don't see any reason why if you if you make the tweaks and I mean, you and Dave learned a little bit of a lesson the last few days is, you know, and, and I've made that mistake, too. When you're a bigger guy because you're just a big ass guy, sometimes losing fullness actually makes you lose condition when you're when you're chasing condition. You know, you guys tried to push it down when in reality you put it sort of just throwing it in cruise control and finish the prep, you'd have been harder when you just pulled your water. So live and learn stuff, you know? I mean, I would consider fourth at that show uh, a hell of a, a debut and, a, and both as with a coach and a client and, you know, in that pro level. Because I think most people now know, okay, you're legit. Because there is a lot of social media where I, I'll say it out loud. I'm like, well, we'll see. We'll see what the stage shows. Because I see a lot of really good guys on Instagram, but let me see what the stage shows. You know, and, and even though you were a little, you know, there were some tweaks you guys would make, you were in shape. It was just everyone was in shape. So, you know, I'm we're excited to see what you bring and, and uh, to follow along. Is there anywhere, I mean, where can everyone find you that doesn't know who you are as far as social media? What are, what are your uh, accounts and stuff? Just the Instagram, man. Um, it's Chris Vaughn, my name, and then 9-1 at the end of my name. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the Facebook and stuff. I'm, I'm not too technology, technology, technology inclined, yeah. you know, so Neither just are Instagram. We. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, know how trust me. to do this show. <laughs> I, 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 I envy you if all you have is an Instagram to worry about. It's a yes. good, yeah, man. That's a good position. I try, to, I try to do Twitter and all that shit, man. I, I just like, it's not for me, man. So I just do the Instagram. No, it's just uh, bottled rage on Twitter is, is all you get. <laughs> Um, thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate you, man. And, uh, hey, man. you know, like, like I said, Dusty, Dusty, you know, made a point of, of bringing you to attention on the show. And, uh, 
and you know and then the six plate stiff leg deadlifts were uh, definitely a a little little add on it's good <laughs> you fit right in so i yeah, i know I our fans it. are going to i know they're going to love hearing you talk about uh, going crazy in the gym so so keep at it man and uh, we'll talk to you soon all right, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK. You'll get some savings. You'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I have a fruit fly. It's bothering me. It's been bothering me the whole show. If you see this happening, people, there's one fruit fly that's been ruining my life this entire episode, but that's okay. So... Chris is an intense okay. fucking dude, man. I was I was stoked because I actually don't know him, um, but I see the rage in the video, so it makes sense to me now. Yeah, Hello? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saw a little bit of another interview he did, so I knew that he had, I knew he had some, you know, places to go if you just let him talk. So it's good to hear. <laughs> I love it. I, That's the best way I, to interview just, to me. Just get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If if you look at like, you know, pretty much any podcast. The ones that are the most watchable are the ones where the guests, you know, are able to just talk and the hosts don't have to dig stuff out all the time. And you know what? You know how it is, Scott. Mm -hmm. You've only done what? 3000 podcasts. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, Chris so is great, great too, man. He had no problem. Just like any, he's thought a lot about it. I bet you he's going to, it sounds like he learned a lot from this prep too. Like I bet you this next one around, yeah. not only does he know what he wants to bring on the stage, but I think he knows like what's important to him in his support system, like he was talking about. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. And I, I, you know, hopefully someone else listening maybe gets a little bit out of, you know, him talking about his, his tough times too. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, we got listeners that are going through a lot, so it, it's good when they know that they're not the only one and maybe they'll, I don't know, maybe they'll shoot him a message or something, you know, it's crazy how this works. Yeah. We should probably get Antonio Brown to watch this one. That'd probably be, helpful for him yeah yeah <laughs> do not strip down and quit your job while the game is happening anyways just a thought give me an uber yeah that was that was interesting he just sort of said i'm out of here i'm out of here okay i'm gonna go but but i guess you know what in fairness he left everything that wasn't his he's like these shoulder pads technically aren't mine so i'll leave them here in the jersey and Oh, hell, you can have my undershirt, too. All right, I'm out of here. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was just returning the team's property. Yeah, that's all that was. It wasn't psychosis okay. at all. Did you, uh, did you do a question box? I did, and I got tons. And I'm wondering, I don't know. I'm wondering if we, do we try, do we try like rapid fire just to see if we can plow through all of them? I ain't scared. 
Because sometimes, you know, we don't do that. I'm just suggesting the opposite of what we normally do, where we do a question and then we talk about it for 10 minutes. And we'll I'm down with rapid like, fire. Plus, I mean, 120 episodes. I mean, we haven't fucked it up too terribly. Let, let's see how it goes. Maybe this will be the one okay. that ends it. <clears throat> no, I don't know. Okay. What, so here's what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to say it's rapid fire, but then we're, we'll probably get stuck <laughs> on a question. <laughs> fucking immediately. The first question will be 11 minute answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's just keep this. Uh, okay. What do you think about the acido technique for prep? You know, pretty low carb, sometimes really low carb, and then hitting you with refeeds. Simple. It works. Yes. Yes. It's a very effective way to diet most people. Yeah, I think I think we can way overcomplicate. Look at the rather than ask yourself what you think about it, it seems to work with almost every single person. So yes. Yeah, and so think about it this way. It so think about the people that okay, let's think of someone that Aceto worked with that people don't think was perfect. Okay. Sean Roden. Like <laughs> Right. Right, right, right. So let's, yeah. So I remember Aceto telling me Roden was on 25 grams of carbs for like a little while. Wow. Yep. And that, so, you know, like weeks. Um, now think of like Rami when, when Aceto helped Rami, didn't Rami get, did Rami get second that year or third? I can't remember. I don't think he got Aceto, second. Was he, was he fourth or something? I don't know. The year Aceto helped Rami. But he, that was like the leanest he had ever gotten at the time. And maybe yeah, they didn't exactly. nail it. You know what I mean? But it was like a step toward. Like, right, right. So even like a guy like Rami, like still places, you know, at the time, top what, whatever it was, three, and has strided glutes yep. and is shredded. But the criticism, oh, well, he's not as big as he needs to be, blah, blah, blah. So it still, it still worked. He was fucking peeled. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, so even when people criticize a technique like, oh, that guy worked with that coach and he only got fourth. Yeah. At the Olympia and he was in shape. So it's so easy to criticize a technique. But if you look at the actual track record of who had like strided glutes on stage in shape, it's pretty crazy. Plus, I just look, I mean, one more addition is if you follow him or know him on a personal level from the top to the are you hearing me or no? Everyone's moving. Yeah. No, yeah, you're, no, you're a little okay. fuzzy. You a you're a little fuzzy, but yeah, okay. yeah we hear you no, fine. It doesn't yeah, hurt I saw, your face. I saw. I look better fuzzy. Um, <laughs> he, uh, nothing helps it. He gets guys peeled that are 136 pounds and guys that are 300 pounds. Yeah, that to me is yeah. a pretty strong tell that you're consistent with the same with the same. What else we got? Like, we got this. The same that was not fast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Three three words to describe EQ. That was not fast. That was not fast. Awesome. Three three fucking awesome. Awesome fucking awesome. Okay. Reliable. You're welcome. Um, effective. And I don't know. Uh, I'll say pain legitimate free. because yeah, pain free. Okay. And endurance. Okay. I'd add endurance in there. Endurance. Uh, yeah. leanness is not a it's not the right word but you know like less endurance less water than DECA that's five yeah 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 are BCAs useless now because everyone's using EAAs no 
We're doing rapid fire, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're not even answering the questions completely. It's just no. No. Yes, next. <laughs> the answer is no because think about all the time that they worked. You know, I think people just want to look past them. I still use both on the regular. Um, it's still a basic building block to muscle mass to me. So those facts didn't go away. Okay. What about you, Scott? What do you say? BCAs versus EAAs? Uh, I'm going to say uh, yes, they're useless. Dusty, I'm going to say. You said, are they useless? Are, are they useless? <laughs> are they useless? Yes, yes. I, I don't like them. I don't like them. I found that. Uh, uh, I'm going to say a lot of words. I found that uh, I, when dieting, they I would go be more likely to go hypo. And I I started reading about it, and I learned that the leucine can trigger that. So for me, uh, it didn't really help. And then I had a bad experience because my first ever contest prep, I was using them with my fasted cardio. And I was, it's back when like expel, no, what, 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 extend. I can't remember. What was it? The, the first big product, extend. That, yeah, extend. extend. So I was using that like, yeah. 15 grams, yep. you know, and then I ran out and I couldn't afford more and I started getting leaner faster. So I think for me, they held me back. So I kind of have a little bit of a vendetta now against BCAA. So I'm trying to put them out, put them out of business. So I, I have an opinion about aminos. I think that drinking some aminos when you're training like super fucking hard with weights is a good idea. Um, but I often have run into people that are like, Hey, can you help me? I think I'm behind. And I look at what they're doing and they're drinking aminos all day. Like they're putting aminos in their gallon in the morning right. and then their second gallon. And then when they train, they drink 30 grams because they think they're going to lose muscle. And then they do 20 grams during cardio and another, like literally people drinking 50, 60 grams of aminos a day. Good God. And I, you have to remind them that your body can change all that stuff into glucose pretty easily if you're in a deficit and you wind up just sort of like... Yep elevating your blood sugar all the time when you're not and you, you don't burn fat as effectively and yada 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 and so i think people people you know like i often tell my clients to drink some aminos when they're training but that's it i don't tell people to drink it in the morning i don't tell people to drink it on cardio i'm just not convinced that it's a good idea okay that wasn't that wasn't uh short hey dusty <laughs> What's a top resource, top resource to learn about crypto and blockchain? If you were just to send somebody like a link or a site or something like, hey, go here. Can you think of anything? Oh, shit. What's that guy's YouTube account? Mm. <laughs> What's that, I could get back to you that, guys on that one. YouTube that we have. Once I, can, I could literally answer this in two seconds. Let me look. I'll tell you the guy's YouTube because I keep forgetting it. Boom. Look at this. I'm actually researching for you guys live right now. So Boom. Then we're for, going for more advanced people, for more Links. advanced people who, who already know about Bitcoin and Ethereum and they want to like maybe know more about this new shit that's happening with the metaverse and stuff, I would recommend watching the Paul Barron Network. And yeah. um, he's, he's a dude. He sits there in a suit and he, he talks about all the metaverse crypto and all that stuff and about the the actual projects like oh this is a project that will 
you know, speed up the processing for this and this and this, and this, you know, like how they're all sort of like tech companies essentially. And um, so he explains that sort of shit, which really right. kind of like, oh, that's interesting shit. I get what he means. So um, if you're a little bit more advanced, the Paul Barron network would be good to just check out, watch a video. It'll kind of make you go, oh, fuck, what, what is all this shit? And it's just good to trigger you, you know, get you thinking. I found that, that YouTube too is trade alts. Yes, that was oh the, the trade, trade and then the alts, bots. A-T-A-L-T-S. Uh the bot guy. Yeah, yeah the that's trade a cool alts one. channel. That was just an interesting, uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, to to that's where it got fun for me because before that I was just dumping money into different things and sitting there. This is a little more right. I'm in the mix. Yeah, the, the trade alts guy is cool. I don't know. There's lots. I've I've watched some pretty entertaining ones. There's a lot of good like. The channels about crypto there's a lot you know you think ah these i wonder if these guys are all shysters like in you know but it's it's uh they all seem to genuinely like really know a lot like they get they get joking around and talking about stuff and some of them are kind of fun to watch they're not stiff like you know pure information they're they're, you know kind of making like real world examples and making it easy to understand so just get on youtube and surf around is it coming no. back yet? Because I, I have just like, I don't look at it sometimes for a while on purpose. So is is like Bitcoin yeah. and stuff coming back up? Yeah, like a lot of stuff is as recovered, you know, uh, partway from the big drop early December. Um, uh, Bitcoin's struggling to get over 50K, but that's uh, because at the end of the year, um, they think a lot of people were dumping their Bitcoin to take losses on um, capital gains yes and um and a whole bunch of shit but there's all this cool stuff that <laughs> that that they'll tell you like you know every year for the last four years bitcoin has jumped the first week of the year seven to 32 percent huh so everyone's Bye. expecting it to jump this week everyone's yeah. expecting it to jump and one of the things about the market is that it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy if everyone's expecting it to jump everyone's going to buy some and then it's going to yeah. jump it's 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 such a manipulated market like sentiment and opinion and predictions like really do alter you know so much of what happens it's you just you gotta you know it's kind of fun to pay attention to so we'll see what happens you know there's all sorts of unforeseen shit that goes on too okay dusty seems okay there we go um i move slow now apparently you move slow okay yeah i'm watching um, myself hmm you oh <laughs> okay now we're not um, even answering the asking the questions fast everything has slowed down <laughs> Sorry, Dusty. We need an we need an edit here. That's because I, I sucked at rapid fire. <laughs> yes, I, I I ran into a section where there were like ten questions that weren't show worthy, and now I'm into a good patch. Um, okay. Do you so do you ever miss being super jacked and heavy? That one's for me, and I'm gonna say no, not at all. I'm super happy that I got to do it and it was fun. And I, but like I, I, at even at 247 pounds, I like kind of ache and and crack and make noise when I stand up. And um, I can imagine that at 320, it would just be magnified all that much worse. (laughs) Okay, Dusty, here's, here's one for you. What's the most disappointing live performance you've ever seen musically? 
You ever go to a concert oh, and it sucked? I know Scott will have one. Oh, yeah. I'm struggling. Um, I think who else was there? Oh, no, I, I've got some. I saw Snoop live, and he was terrible. Really? Yeah. Terrible. What was so yeah. bad about Nothing, it? Not even remotely close to the same. Yeah. It, I mean, it made me question if everything he did was edited beyond belief because it was terrible. He was out of breath, like he couldn't keep up with his own music. I mean, he could never have used, what do they call that? The auto tune or whatever, because he couldn't even keep up with it. Huh. It was not. Right, right, right. I had to kind of forgive myself for ruining my vision. And then I, I realized after that that um, in general, because I also saw, oh, fuck, who was it? Um. Shit, I saw another uh, rap group, like a really good one that's from back in the day. I can't even think right now. Um, oh, Bone Thugs. They were terrible also. Oh, and they should be terrible good because they're like actually singing so, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But that's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, I, it was um, not. I've it was seen not blown a, away. I've seen a bunch of terrible rap concerts. And um, I, I'm not sure why. And yep. then, so I've seen Snoop twice. And the one time I saw him, um, mm -hmm. it was like... Things were turned down a little quieter and he sounded great. He was like rapping away and it was pretty clear and the show was kind of small. And then I saw him in an arena and it was fucking terrible because it was like, it was just echoey as shit and just like wall of noise bullshit. It was terrible. But um, I know what you mean. Rap concerts are sketchy. It depends on the sound system and how many other people are yelling into microphones. <laughs> you know, they got their, their posse right. on stage and there's 10 other guys yelling totally. and shit. You're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that was not in the song. <laughs> that was not in the song. <laughs> Have, has, has a pro athlete ever asked you for steroid advice? other than a bodybuilder think of like a sports person yes uh yes <laughs> well we <laughs> gotta go a little a bit more into that. help with that process <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no when i owned uh when i owned my stores that was a, a pretty regular thing with with uh some of the ball players that would come into town it was really came down to the questions of just because none of them none of them weren't using they just weren't getting caught Hmm. So the magic was what what could they do? What was in and out of the system? Um, and a lot of them even understood if they could put on muscle mass um, in the times that they weren't being tested, could they <clears throat> hang on to some of the functionality of it when they were clean and were being tested? So, hmm. yeah, that was a pretty regular thing back in the day. I had some, some uh, football players ask me, about like how much, you know, sit down and, and write them out, like explain half-lives to them for like test probe and stuff. Huh. So they could stay on a certain amount of test mm -hmm. probe and like be pretty safe with drug tests. Cause I, I got told by a few of the guys that I dealt to like, listen, I, 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 at, at, at worst, I'll get like five days notice that I'm gonna get tested. And I'm like, oh, okay, right. well test probe would actually be pretty safe then. You know what I mean? You take a shot every third day, you know, and you get five days notice, you know, it, it'd be enough to like get your test levels down to normal. So like I helped a couple guys like just, you know, you explain to people about half lives and show them like, you know, draw the little curve and they're like, oh, fuck, you know, and it kind of clicks in. So, 
but they, yeah, that sort of thing. You know, again, you lived in a city with a lot more pro athletes. <laughs> you know? we had- yeah, well, there's one of the um, major like um, training centers that was down the street. So guys that weren't even there, they'd be there in their off season. Um, yeah, we asking got questions. Ho- hockey just, players and Canadian people. Hockey players and Canadian football players aren't the same as Major League Baseball and NFL players <laughs> living just down the street. Different thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> When's the, what, what, what about you, Scott? I'd say, yeah, but just through the internet, not like locally so much. But when you do shows like this and stuff like that, then you tend up having people, you know, reach out. A lot, a lot more people in MMA. Honestly, that's where I've had a lot of people reach out and same thing, like in between seasons, stuff like that. You know, what can I do now where, you know, it'll be out of my system later type thing. Like they know, like, I'm not going to get drug tested till June. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 MMA is a big one. I helped a bunch of guys make weight for fights. Yeah. There was a, a little phase there where a bunch of guys were coming to me and they're like, I want to lose body fat so I can make weight better. You know, instead of doing that, like just mm-hmm. do all of your weight cut with water and then yeah. feel like fucking trash and die, almost die in the sauna, you know? So yeah, that was, that was fun to work with guys like that. So, and some of them were doing really stupid stuff with drugs too. I was like, oh, that's not a good idea. You know, like that, <laughs> that sort of thing. Like they just didn't, weren't thinking and were getting bad advice. Like there's some, there was that window of time, you know, like in the mid 2000s where all the good steroid information was still just a bodybuilding world thing. Yeah. And everyone else was just doing stupid right. shit. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> some, of the, some of what the pros were doing, you know. You know. Okay. When's the last time you slammed a brewski? Saturday. Two. What'd you drink? I keep it classy always, Ron. Blue moon, little orange slice right in the top. Okay. Now I have to Google what a blue moon is. Do you know what a blue moon is, Scott? It's a very, uh, it's a cl- like, like Dusty said, it's a classy beer. Uh, I remember one of my bosses, who was a very classy woman, liked blue moon. Just like me, a classy woman. <laughs> Very classy woman. <laughs> you didn't even mean to do that, but it was flawless. I was like, yes. I was trying to set you up a little bit. I'll be honest. Like, she was a classy lady. Of Just course, she like drank Blue Moon. You, yeah. Oh, it's made, it's 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 made by Coors. Oh, made by Coors, but it's a Belgian white is what they call it. Belgian style wheat ale. Uh-huh. Oh, look at Dusty. And you throw an orange in there? Is that what you do? Yes. Huh. It's it's a, it's a must. I don't even know why. It's just they always do. And then this, they asked me. I was at Yard House. Do you know what Yard House is? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like a beer parlor. It's a beer place. And one of the things you can do is buy a yard of beer that they bring out. Oh, yeah. Like I ain't doing that shit. Just need a couple 16-ouncers here. I'm trying to drive home. Keep it safe. But, uh, you right. know. There were games. Plus, plus you're eating a big steak with that, too, I assume. You're goddamn right I'm having a big steak with it. Every time I go there, I threaten to get something different, and I always go with the ribeye every time. So I actually had a beer on Christmas Day, which was very unusual. 
we were at Emily's aunt's house and uh, they're kind of like the type of people that have, a, you know, Stella in the fridge. And uh, I just thought, eh, fuck, maybe I will have one. You know, it was Christmas Day, you know. I was like, fuck it, sure, I'll have a Stella. So, I, yeah, and it was good. And that's the thing with beer. If I don't drink a lot, a beer's good. But I can't have a second one because it'll fucking blow my gut out. You know what I mean? That type of thing. So, you're, 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 you know, you're brave with the two in a row, Dusty. Have you seen my gut? It's always out. <laughs> no, no harm, no foul. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Scott? Well, what time is it right now? No, I'm kidding. Real I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Two Just, hours ago, before I honestly, you in with us, <laughs> I can't tell you. I'm I'm in recovery. So we had a question the other day on the live feed. They're like, "Does Scott partake in the reefer?" No, not anymore. It's been at least 14 years since I drank a beer. So at least awesome. Yeah, works for me. That's you know, awesome. no, you know, you you drink all you want, Ron. On Christmas. That's the thing is, Stella. That's that's the thing is, I I like don't give a shit about alcohol. Like I could easily go the rest of my life without a drink. It would not even be a problem. It wouldn't even cross my mind. If no one offered me one, I wouldn't even think to drink one. Oh, I would never occur. Yeah, yeah. I just I I I a six pack in last month. I ended up throwing it away because it's in the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Emily's mom put a couple of beers in the fridge last year when she was here for Christmas. And like they went bad. (laughs) You know, they got skunky, right? In June, you were like, we're probably not going to drink these. It's been six months. Yeah, they've been like, oh, I think they were in there for like 11 months. Yeah, yeah. It was like 11 months. Hey, here's another one. How come everyone's got nut butter in their fucking diet, but nobody just eats peanuts? (laughs) it's a valid question you know you know what's weird too on the same question i don't see how everyone's like oh i can't control myself with peanut butter it's not that fucking good like i don't get it it's just not (laughs) i know you you know the number of people that have said like oh yeah like after my show i ate like a whole jar of peanut butter in one night with a spoon it's I don't I I never got that. I was like, what? I like it. I that? I get it. I get it. Oh, I I like it, but it's but I can't imagine just a jar a jar of it. My first prep, I had uh, I had a peanut butter problem because I started I'd like take some out and then I'd like take another one, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, that's all right. And then it'd be like every day I realized, man, I if I add it up, I just ate like seven extra spoons and I can't do this shit, but I don't want to take it out of my diet. So I got one of those. You know the safety deposit bags with the lock on it? You did not. I did that, and I gave the key to my girlfriend, and I was like, I can only have peanut butter when you come over. Take this key. I swear to God. I swear to God. (laughs) My girl looked at me and been like, get your shit together. Eat the tablespoon and close the fucking jar. (laughs) It was my first prep, you know. I'm good now. I'm good now. That's oh, amazing. Man. I gonna have to start telling people that though, because because I had a client that I put it in in the off season, and I was like, you know, here let's just we were just adding fat, and I was like, he wasn't really hungry. Yeah, seemed simple at night, and then like after a couple of weeks, he was really putting on weight, and I'm like, man, we the only change is the two tablespoons of peanut butter, right? And he's like, ah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh god, you gotta be kidding me. 
I could eat. I mean, have you ever had like almonds like as a fat? Yeah. I could just yeah. work those things all day. 14 almonds. I'm like one. Oh, yeah. Walk away. Yeah. Interesting. Good question by that person. Very good question. I purposely don't use nut butter in some people's diets because they, you know, I just, if I think it's a problem, I'll just take it out at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Same with, same with those little mini rice cakes. I used to give those to people because I can diet on them. Like I did a, a diet several times where I use mini rice cakes for a meal mm-hmm. and they were just delicious. Yeah. And I got, and I got ripped and other people who like, oh, hey, uh, you know, that 50 grams of rice cakes. Yeah. I kind of, I can't not eat the whole bag. It's like fuck. <laughs> it doesn't have, have a sealable a... top. It's a single serving, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. Okay, um, here's one. Here's one for you guys. I'm gonna reword it though, because just it's kind of a mess. But um, imagine yourself at 60. What's your worst in sort of constant like? reminder injury that's still nagging you my first wedding (laughs) oh Oh, man oh shit well number 160 i'm stoked i made it uh it's a shocker for sure um oh my left shoulder for sure Mm. the one i had surgery on it's I have issues that go into the trap, the neck. Like every day, the start of my day is is the uh, theragun into the uh, scapula, all that. Basically, I'm like just that left quarter of my body. Hit that for ten minutes, thanks. Right, okay, good. Right. Now I can eat cereal. I'm ready. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of with you. I think it's my neck because that's where my Latin tricep issue come from, and everything that makes me crooked. And so I'd say when I'm older, I'll probably my head will probably be like this all day long. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, I'm like I'm like deep thought, you know, he's no. pondering. Yeah, he's pondering. <laughs> what about you, Scott? What's what's your kind of, you know, uh, I would have said never low back, but it's been once I figured out how to stretch my hip flexors, it changed my life. So I'll say my shoulder because I, I don't know, man, you get into your 40s. And I tore my shoulder last ye- last year or the year before now, and all I did was like stretch at the refrigerator. I was like, "Oh, that was weird." I mean, it was probably like ready to go from having done some pretty heavy stuff the day before, you know. But right. it was, you know, it was one of those like Branch Warren, you know, accidents where you really didn't do anything and you tear something. So I have a feeling that shoulder has it hates me. That's it's coming. It, it is. It hates. It's gonna have its vengeance. It hates you. <laughs> Here's one for you. I have to go on antibiotic and antibiotics for 90 days. God. Any any tips to try to help with the side effects, etc. 90 days? What did she have? Oh, I mean, oh, no. Sorry. Usually it's just a one-shot situation. <laughs> um yeah, or a, or a, a week of like um, you know, orals. I mean, I know. all joking days. aside, I mean, 90 days, I guess my biggest thing would be the digestive problems would be yeah. a train wreck. I think probiotics and you'd have to, uh, you'd have to really take some good probiotics to try to battle the destruction of all probiotics in your gut. Yeah. I mean, that's. That'd be the number uh, one thing. 
I would, I would just play with how much you would need to make that happen because I imagine you're going to be well overdosed because you're essentially at zero when you start. Right. I'd be doing enzymes too with every meal just for a fighting chance. But, I mean, everybody knows that. That's the biggest fear. As soon as you go on antibiotic, you're like, well, I'm not going to shit for four days. That's awesome. Yeah. Or 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 I won't, like, really absorb and digest my food. And I'll, shit, I'll, I'll shit fine, but it won't really make a difference. <laughs> yeah, nothing's <laughs> happening. Man, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, that, that was the only yeah. thing I could think of, truthfully, because I don't know. I don't know beyond that what you could do. Yeah, I would say probiotics would be the you'd have to figure out get, and you'd have to, you'd want to invest in like a good one that had a really high potency to it. You know what I mean? I don't know how many millions of what do you what do you know about that stuff, Scott? I think it the you know there's so much I've learned in the last couple of years that there's so many different probiotics too. My thought would be like you figure out what. The person needs you know what i mean because it's like nowadays it's like they're so they're so popular you can see like a protein powder that says now with probiotics and it's like they're not all the same you know what i mean right yeah 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 okay here's a good one what are your thoughts on people that back into their parking spaces well it depends on what they drive because uh if you watch someone in a long bed four-door truck they cannot turn into a parking spot. It's not possible. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's not going to happen. I mean, if I'm in a parking lot and it's tight at all, I always have to back in. And what sucks is some of the cities don't allow that. Dude, I know. Oh, so you really? Have to, yeah, so you have to literally like three-point park to stab a parking spot because they want your license plate facing in the same direction as everyone else. Yep. I had a van... Oh, and I went to a show, and it was in an, in Ferndale. And I swore after that I was like, "I'm never gonna go back to fucking Ferndale again." I but Ferndale. I did. I had to do the same thing. Like I backed in, and I came out. I was like, "Oh, great show and everything." And uh, it was like I went to go see a comedian, and we came out to the car, and I had a ticket because I backed into the spot. I was like, "What? I never heard of this." Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I I, I never heard of that either. But we have uh, license plates on the front of our cars here too. Where I that's live. That's ugly. You should We've stop. Got to have that. front, front end back. You have to. So maybe that's why they let us back into our spots. You know. Maybe. Maybe it's just to okay. piss off the person that's bothered by it that asked the question. I, I'm not a back in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a back in person unless it just happens to be like the 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 easiest way to get into it. You know, if I just if you know I go to get a, into a spot and realize it's too small, and then I realize there's one behind me. I'm like, oh, back into it. But I don't, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not like a back in type of guy, you know? So the only thing I hate is when with certain vehicles, if someone backs in, it kind of fucks up your door opening. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Depends on what they drive. I don't know if you guys knew this about me. I, I drive the opposite of a big vehicle now. I drive a Mini Cooper. So I park oh, like no sideways. Yeah, I'll park like sideways in a parking he comes spot. In, he's driving a go-kart. He comes in literally <laughs> on two wheels. Yeah. This'll do. <laughs> Anything. Cockeyed, it doesn't matter. Nobody's hitting what, your what, doors because you got like three feet of space. You know what I mean? What, what do you think of the Mini Cooper? Those are cool. I, your, I, it's fun, man. It's like it's really fun to drive because it is. It's like a go-kart. And it's it's got like some nice pickup, especially in like like the stop and go stuff and like the round the sharp corners and it's fun man it's a fun vehicle what what color is yours it's blue it's uh it's it's called electric blue i think was the, it's like one of those upgraded colors kind of has like a metallic 
Why did you not it? pull this yeah. on the screen? Why do we pull half naked men on screens and not electric blue Mini Cooper? <laughs> I want to see your Mini Cooper. I'll, I'll get a <laughs> I'll get a pick for you guys. But uh, we we it's fun. This. I've had it for like five years now. It's been uh, what what's what's the movie they did when they re released the Mini Cooper and the oh, Italian yeah, job? They, yeah, 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 the Italian job. And they and they Mini Cooper, you know, did the product placement there and got their car in the. Oh, it was in the fantastic movie and, use. and it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. That's a remake, obviously, but uh, yeah. the remake is awesome. And the, the car chase, uh, the whole, you know, the yeah, whole with three of them or four Cooper's. of them. Oh, uh, yeah. What what a great what a great scene. You feel like you okay. can like on the freeway and stuff. You feel like you can get into any spot like you, there, you, you can just do anything right. in it. You know, it's nice. Not like, except can, for like you, when you're trying to pick up gym equipment. Not not good for that. <laughs> time and place. Time yeah. and place. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Do you have any dusty? Uh, I have a million. I was just. I was letting you run. We were rapid firing. I was enjoying. It. <laughs> oh, I like, felt. I felt, I felt bad. Don't. Would ever you like feel a? Bad. Would you like a live band at the Mister Olympia as an intermission? Or do you want the right. them to play songs while the competitors walk out? <laughs> No, I would like the live band in the intermission times so I can enjoy the band, wake me up from the boredom of half of the Olympia, and then I'm ready for round two. Right. What what show is it where Kevin Lavrone's band actually played? Oh, was man. Was it Arnold Classic one year? Oh, I forgot. I remember? do remember that taking place, and I can't remember. I didn't even know that happened, but that's amazing. Yeah, full-blown. They were called full-blown. Yeah. yeah. Kevin, Kevin oh, Lavrone's band. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is an important one. This is from my client. Which letter is silent in the word sent? Is it the S or the C? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck, I don't know. Because <laughs> it wouldn't be sent if they were both being pronounced. Well, yeah, you could just spell them both the money way and you know the person would know what you were talking about. But... <laughs> We have two different spellings in the same sounding word, just like English it's, does. If we do like to just fuck with stuff, it's terrible. Oh, no, you need a silent letter on that one. <laughs> Throw one in, fuck it. All right, let's see. Hose? What the hell? Hose? No, I, I, was, I was reading a question because a guy said favorite sex pose, and I'm like... I have a question do, for... Don't do that where I'm the, wheel, the wheelbarrow. The wheelbarrow. I've, I've got one for for Ron actually, and I may be off on this. Ron, did you ever act in a TV show? Uh, yeah, uh, I I had a couple of speaking roles that I know Dusty it, right that made it past the cutting room floor and into the actual episodes on TV. Yeah, I've done well, that a couple times. Well, 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 why did we not know this? And why are we not watching it right now? <laughs> I couldn't find it. I, I went. I went online. I looked for this shit. There was no record for as far as I could tell. Ron, send yeah. the record. Yeah. This is I was on a show so way back in Australia. There was a show called Fire, and it was like uh, firemen, you know. Yeah. And of course, they were good-looking firemen, and there was like you know, like the one fire guy was banging the hot fire girl, and there's drama, and there's you know, it's a show about firemen. And they cast me to be a mechanic across the street. Huh. So I was you like, weren't one of the mechanic. handsome firefighters. No, no, those were all like real famous people in us, like 
like they were like TV famous people. And I didn't right. know who any of them were. So um, anyways, I got cast. They called the gym one day and they were like, we're looking for a big bodybuilder with an American accent. And they were, they were like, oh, well, we have a big Canadian kid here. And they were like, oh, well, send him down. So I went down and met somebody. And he was like, you're perfect. Why don't you come and do the show and blah, 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 blah. Long story short, um, they dressed me up like a mechanic. And the, the fire guys like were talking to me. I don't know the context of the scene because I never saw the final show. But um, I was just answering a question like, yeah, man, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember, I don't remember what I said. But um, I know it made it into the episode because I had, after I left Australia, I had somebody um, message me and they were like, hey, I saw you in the TV show Fire. Yes. And I was like, no way. So yeah, I guess I made it on screen. And then um, there was a show called, uh, there was a show called uh, Blackstone and it was here in Canada. And um, I got called to be a strip club owner. They wanted a big bodybuilder. And I went down and my scene was with, I guess there's two strip clubs that are like a city apart. And the one strip club guy got cut off and couldn't get dancers from like the gangsters anymore. So he called me in and he's like, can I have some of your girls? And I'm like, you want some of my girls? He's like, yeah, can I have some of your girls? Can you send them up, you know, come and dance at my club and, and uh, my name was Tiny. And I don't remember the... And I was like big. I was like 320 when I shot that. And I remember he, the line was, uh, he goes, um, I can't remember what he said. Like, oh, it's, it's, you know. Oh, yeah, he goes, the guy said to me, he goes, oh, you know, uh, look like you're juicing pretty hard there, Tiny. <laughs> and I go, and, and, I, and I shake his hand and I go, ha ha, it's all natural, bro. And then he goes, yeah, about as natural as my girlfriend's tits. And then, and it's then, the worst writing then, ever. It's amazing. Yeah. And then I, I laugh and we got, do a bro hug, you know? And then he's like, so I need some of your girls. And we had this scene that we shot and it made it into the episode. It was like cut pretty short, but it made it into the show. So, yeah, did a couple of TV shows. I got, you know, some words in on. Ron is a superstar. Why is he even on this show? With us at this I don't know. I don't know. It's out of control. <laughs> it's out of control. He is a celebrity. Uh, I don't know. No one watched either one of those shows. Only a few people saw those. I saw it in my mind just now. It was amazing. Naturalist yeah. tits. That's the worst lines ever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as natural okay. as my girlfriend's tits. Who? D- 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 I can't believe no one asked... Ron, a music question. I was just scanning through mine to see if somebody knew to ask. Oh my god! I've got one other thing. If you guys shoot, if you all right, all right. I see this actually might. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something a little different here. Check this out. You watching Dusty? Watching. I'm Ron Partlow, co-owner of West Coast Iron. Can you guys hear that? Uh, we've been yes. open for just over four oh. years, going strong, other than being shut down. The decisions okay. around gyms have been made by people who have no you don't uh, have to play the whole awareness game. of the consequences <laughs> of how they disturb well, listen, other people's uh, lives. Hold on a second. I have members in here. I'm gonna I'm gonna air that on the channel. I, I talked to the guy. What what this is a fucking awesome shot video, dude. I just saw this oh, on Instagram I, yesterday. I'm, well, he I'm used to work glad. for me for forever. Yeah, I'll actually I'll actually send you one to use then. If you want, I'll okay. I talked like to. Virgin. I talked to the guy. He sent me a link to it. 
Oh, okay. okay. So I got it. Cool. I got it. But I just figured I'd bring it up because we didn't well, explain yeah. what it is here for yeah. everybody because only 120,000 people have seen it so far. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so my, my, yeah, all that happened was my, my buddy Trevor, who, you know, Trevor Schmitty, who shoots yep. for Mutant, he's shot a lot of our content over the years. Um, he, uh, he called me. He's like, hey, I'd like to do a video about, you know, the gym closures and how, the, you know, the government sort of panicked to do it. And there's blah, 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 you know. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, what do you want to do? And he said, I just want to come in and just ask you some questions and get it on video and see what I can get out of it. And I was like, okay. So he just showed up one day just as we were finishing our workout. And I just sat down on a box and answered questions for like, took about 10 minutes. Hmm. And he had all the questions. He just said like, oh, hey, you know, how has this affected the gym? How does this make you feel as a business owner? You know, what do you think the government could do? But, you know, he just asked me those sorts of questions and I just answered them. And then he left. And then the next day he goes, hey, I got the video done. And I was like, oh, okay, well, if you want to throw it up. Like, I didn't even put two seconds of thought into. No kidding. He was going to get 120,000 views in one day. And um, so he like threw it up and I saw it and I watched it and I was like, oh, like, it's hard to watch yourself like talking seriously. You know, it's kind of like, you, you know, you didn't. You know how we're critical of watching ourselves sometimes. And I was like, ah, fuck. Only you, but yes. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? But with like, I thought I was, he did a really good job, you know? And so I just reposted it. And then I put my phone away and I um, went and trained and turned my phone on afterwards. And I was like, what the fuck? Hell yeah. And it just went <laughs> crazy. And it's, it's just, yeah, I just... Yeah, I can't even respond to that. Like, there's so many reposts and messages. It just went fucking crazy. And um, been like overwhelmingly good response. There's some like really horrible people out there. Really? Go out of their way. Oh, yeah. Like some of the comments, like Smitty actually posted it to his page, right? Yeah. So that mm -hmm. You can comment, right? So yeah. I think there's like 700 comments, like 700. Yeah. And some of the comments are just like the most horrible people. You yeah. Know? They're like just they... Dude, they 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 see COVID as like everything should be closed. You guys are just fucking selfish cunts. Like huh. you guys don't deserve to be open. Blah 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 blah. Like just you know those types of people that just live in that alternate reality and don't understand how the world works at all. And um, and the whole point isn't even like. And then there's some people that are just so fucking dense and and zeroed in on their narrative that yeah. they think they they think i'm an anti-vaxxer like oh look at this anti-vaxxer doesn't want to close his gym yeah and i'm like i'm actually double vaxxed and i'm not an anti-vaxxer and like you fucking idiots and they just see everything like like they can't imagine that a person could want their business open and also think covid's real like they don't like, the, I don't know. They it's don't got to be black or white. There's no, gotta be black or white, right? There's no, there's no nuance at all. There's no room for discussion. And it, the argument isn't that our gym should be open because people should die. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to sell. The well. That's true. The <laughs> argument is our gym should be open because there's no sensible reason to force us to close while everyone else gets to do everything else. Right. Like go to movie theaters, 
go to fucking pubs and get drunk, go to Canucks games with 9,000 other people, go to a packed Costco, go to the <clears throat> mall with zero distancing or capacity limits at any of the mall. It's right. fucking nuts at Christmas. So that's our argument. But these people think the argument is, I'm selfish, people deserve to die. That's literally what they think. Hmm. They're so fucked up. Like a lot of people have lost their minds. It's actually wild to see the, um, the, the blindness uh, of people, but also like, I find like, just like bodybuilding, a lot of things in life, if you just really simplify them, you can make your decision based on your views, you know? Um, we went up to Asheville, which is in North Carolina, and, and North Carolina is is a, a blue place versus red. <clears throat> so they're still masked and all this shit. Uh, we went to a dessert bar, and uh, <clears throat> they had a sign that you had to have a mask on, but where we were going to go have this dessert was in an enclosed area of a hookah lounge. Right. I'm like, yeah. <clears throat> So we're all sitting on top of each other, smoking hookah and blowing it into the air. Yeah, I'm not going to put a mask on to walk in to sit down there. You're cool with that? The guy's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I'm like, it is. It's a little silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Logic yeah, out the window. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting. To some And like the one comment, just, well, not the one. There's a bunch of comments like, well, I'll take my information from a public health officer and not from some juice head. Well, you said ask like, ask for it. That's what you said in the yeah. video was to ask, said, ask for it. And I, I said, yeah, that's the problem. They haven't provided a single shred of data that shows that gyms are any more of a problem than anything else with any reasonable <laughs> you know, sort I of asked argument. them for that also, but they wouldn't say. <laughs> you know, like they, they, they're not listening to the words that, yeah. what's that movie? Are you listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know so but but the overwhelmingly the 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 response has been positive and i think you know i was really surprised like i, I wasn't as surprised with it going viral locally you know right because it, in the province we're dealing with that but then today ontario just shut their gyms oh no yeah. so the video is gone it's gone and then also a lot of american guys reposted it and people in europe reposted it and I realized they're reposting it because they're all like, they all went through lockdowns too, and they yeah, all yeah. don't want to go through another one. So I was like, oh shit! And they're just getting reposted everywhere. So it's been crazy. I appreciate everyone that you know watched the video and and you know didn't think I was a grandma killer. Well, shout out you know. to Trevor for putting that together. Then because when I watched that man, I was like, man, this is so well put together. I assumed you guys like put your heads together. You sat down, you put a lot of thought in. He just came, I mean, he obviously did. And he asked you the questions he needed and he got some really cool, like filler shots of the empty gym. And it was powerful, man. You did a hell of a job with that. Yeah. That's all Trevor. I got all these messages. I sent Trevor a message. I was like, Hey, I thanks for giving me, thanks for creating the video and making it look like I had anything to do with it at all. I had all these messages from people are like, <clears throat> wow that that video you did yeah like, you did such you a good job on that video with no one's help <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that's once again Dusty, that like, yes <laughs> that's this that's a story of my life i show up and talk and leave like and, I, I got nothing you know, like, i did yeah. <laughs> i did that in school i did that in school 
You know, hey, if we hey if we do all the work, will you present the project? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> that's where I come in. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. cold. No, so yeah, if uh, you know, uh, check out the video, and I'll, I'll, yeah, make sure you post it up, Scott. And uh, I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's another one. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, comment, and Ring the bell. there you go. Happy nice. New Year's, guys. No doubt. And you know, you can tell we're getting old. Our New Year, we didn't even talk about New Year's. Yeah, it's just it's done. Yeah. We're just one step further away from 2020, so that's cool. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just look, I'm just looking forward to a huge year in crypto. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> here's, here's a stat before I leave, just to make everybody think. Eight billion people in the world. There's over a dozen fiat currencies on the verge of collapse, and only 300 million people own crypto. Huh. That's wild. This is this is the year of mass adoption. It's coming. Huge, like that countries are making going to make it legal tender. There's countries buying hundreds of bitcoins in anticipation of what's going to happen. I'm just saying, I'm hopeful. Me too, as well. Okay, let's go, everybody. Thanks for watching. It's just bodybuilding.